this episode of Stephen Interviews Cool People by a fellow Bowling Green graduate. I'm here with Lauren Branch. He goes by LB. That's at least how I know him. LB, thank you so much for joining me. I'm glad to have you here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Excited to be here. So I have LB on the show, knew him from college. Everyone goes their separate ways after college. Some people don't do much. LB does a lot. Right now, he has several projects going on. I want to have him explain it better than I can. Do you want to start off um, by just letting everyone know about this podcast you're starting? Yeah, so uh, the podcast is called Message from Ernestine. Uh, Ernestine, yes, it sounds like an old person's name. That's because it is. (laughs) Uh, The show is actually named after my great-grandmother, who was one of the inspirations for the show. Uh, She is no longer with us. Uh, and one of the things that we wish we did was recorded her more often, like video, audio, whatever, because, like, this woman was hilarious. Um, and she always had funny stuff to say. And um, she was just, like, this really positive, bubbly person, even in her old age. It was really funny that, like, whenever she would be in the hospital or whatever facility she had to be at, everybody in the whole facility knew exactly who she was, not just the people like in her wing, right? Like everybody, if she's on the third floor, the whole third floor knows her. It's crazy. Um, but she was just, just this wonderful person. And, uh, so my mom and I have had an interest in basically putting our voices out into the world to, um, just kind of like share knowledge that we've gained over the course of our lives. Um, and that I learned from her, my grandma, and also my great grandma, and so um, we just decided to kind of bring both things together. The, the light bulb just kind of went off when we were having a discussion about making videos one day. And, um, you know, I decided to go podcast. Um, and the plan actually is to uh, do podcasts for audio. So obviously that'll be on the general uh, podcast apps. And uh, we also are going to do videos that will go up on YouTube and Facebook. And we're going to record all of it from my living room. That's why I thought it was cool when I saw it, too. It was that you're doing the podcast with your mom. I think that's something that a lot of people would like to do. Maybe their mom or them are not capable of doing it. But that's really cool. I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. You have, like, um, you know, any specific topics in mind for the start of it? Yeah, so um, that's the one part that I definitely did not explain, so I'm glad you you prompted me up here. Um, So we're going to be talking about the primary um, message for each show is going to basically be centered around various human interest topics. And um, so a couple of things that we're – kicking around of starting with and well actually i can tell you what the first two episodes will be you're getting the exclusive no one else knows this information uh, <laughs> so uh we'll do like an episode zero that'll basically be an introduction to the show our different segments um and then also we'll talk specifically about why we wanted to start the show um and so that'll be just kind of like a preview trailer Ooh, preview trailer excuse me type episode um And in the first episode, we are going to talk about our perspectives on uh, the black community, like where we are today and how we got to where we are. Um, And there's a third component to that potentially, but 
um, as you know, with this kind of content, you're not always, you're, if you make your question too big, like you try to cover too much, like then you end up with too much for one particular, one specific episode. So we're definitely going to focus on, um, kind of like the past to present, um, of the black community and our perspectives. And that'll be really interesting because, um, the generation before us, um, definitely, so our parents, like, um, definitely, some some of them have a definite different perspective than uh, us millennials. So 13ers is what the, that generation is called. Yeah, they think a little bit differently when it comes to um, the black community um, and just kind of like the state of where we are and how we got here, what the causes are. And um, I think that's what's cool about the show too and exactly what you touched on is that um, we're going to have that multi-generational perspective Um and I think it's, I, I think it's pretty cool because the most of the time, like if, if you're listening to the podcast, right? It's like a 25 year old, a 37 year old and like a 30 year old, like they're all within the same age range. Um, but to have like two generations, a mother and son, uh, I just think that like, it'll be a really cool perspective to capture on this particular kind of channel. Yeah, absolutely. And another project you have going, which I mentioned, um, is the, website heart sleeved lb which i'm on right now and there are a lot of women crush wednesdays or woman crush wednesdays i should say one woman a week you have gone through many you know different famous black women what is your and i've seen these on instagram too what is your goal with this um you know highlighting one a week yeah um so essentially what the reason that I started doing Woman Crush Wednesdays and I actually I would like to change the title. I'm not sure what to yet, but um even if I continue doing it on Wednesdays or whatever, I would like to change the title because I feel like Woman Crush Wednesday has its own connotation and it's not exactly what I'm going for here. But um I basically started doing them because I wanted to find a way to uh in my own right to uplift and show appreciation for black women um there's a speech that malcolm x gives i'm going to paraphrase instead of looking it up and reading the whole thing but there's a speech that malcolm x gives and he talks about about how black women are the most disrespected group of people in this country and i still think that that's true in 2019 unfortunately um because of that intersectionality of being a woman and then also being black um and so i wanted to find a way to positively combat that um, by educating people on black women that are making history right now, have made history or whatever the case may be, um, or just someone that is worth admiring because not necessarily some, so there are some people who are worth admiring who have done great things that aren't something the general public would consider to be um, making history. Um, but, you know, I, I also believe that, history is a anything that we do is making history right like you are you've created content with your podcast that you have now put into the world like that's that's history like it's, it's out there in the world and like it's not going anywhere you know unless you decide to delete it um but anyways so yeah the main goal of that was to um kind of combat the stereotypes and uh the negative perceptions that um folks have of black women and to uplift black women and show love and appreciation for them um, as someone who was raised primarily by black women himself. Like I 
that that's literally like that identity of black woman is definitely the most important to me, uh, most important group of people to me. Um, and, and my opinion to the country, but that's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) Yeah. So like I said, I'm on the website. A lot of it is the woman crush Wednesday post, but there is another post, which I remember seeing when it went up, it's about your worst date ever. And you had an awkward date with, a quote a girl said to you, for those who haven't read it, I'm, you're well aware of this. I'm bringing up your horrible dates. <laughs> it said, I thought you were only cute enough to meet in person. So then you write about how you're surprised by that comment. And then, you know, you're kind of asking her about this. And she says, some girl out there might think you're the hottest man on the planet, but that's not me. This whole story to me, I've had some v- very weird Tinder dates in my life. Luckily, I don't have those anymore. Um, So you're on this date. The girl looks you in the eyes and says, you know, some girl out there might think you're the hottest man, but that's not me. How do you, like, remain, not composed, but is it hard, like, to not just bust out laughing or just be like, what? Because as you write in here, it's, you know, you're kind of trying to be, like, nice or, like, just, you know, an adult. But what is, like... When you when that happened to you, were you just in total shock, or what was it? What was the feeling like? Yeah, it was definitely shock. Like it was primarily uh, shocked that because again, like I said in the post, like I don't care if someone feels that way. Like I'm more than happy with my appearance and confidence in, in myself. So like when someone says something like that about me, it doesn't bother me at all because their opinion is irrelevant. Um, I wasn't upset. It was just more about like. The fact that she, in this moment, thought that it was okay to say that to another human being um, for absolutely no reason. I was not rude to her at all, man. You you hung out with me for four years. Like, (laughs) you know I'm not that kind of of person that would necessarily warrant that kind of comment. Um, And, yeah, primarily it was shock. um, And then also just, like, it was just kind of funny in the moment. Like, and I didn't realize how that I thought that it was funny when, while it was happening. I was just more like taken back by like, damn, did she really just say that out loud? Is this, is this happening? Like what, what's going on here? I have so many questions. Why are we on a second date? Because that's the other important aspect of this. This was a second date, Steven. This was not <laughs> a, a first date. This is not the first time I met this girl. This is the second date that you consciously decided to come on. So you could tell me these things. And we had just ate some really good ramen that I fucking paid for and then going to a museum that I fucking paid for. I w- this was the first time in my life that, like, I actually wanted to ask for my money back. Of course, I'm not going to because that's childish and want- and I don't really care that much. It's just it was just a few dollars. But, like, this is the first time that in my life that I've ever even had that thought. The weird thing for me, like, e- reading your about your date, I've been on some baby. I was a weirdo once and said something. But it's like this happens to you. And you can write a whole story about it. But if you ask this girl, like, she would see nothing wrong with that statement. And that's why it's so funny to me when weird stuff happens. It's like, yeah, you told me this. She'd be like, yeah, so. Like, okay, I guess that's that's why we keep dating. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's the other part of the story that kind of is that towards the end is how we ended up having that phone call where she said, I want to kind of apologize about what I said about your appearance. 
And also, like, I don't even, you didn't even touch on, like, what I think was the worst comment she gave. Um, do you remember the scenario, or not the scenario, the, um, the metaphor that she gave? I'm on it right now. There's so much insanity. So here is what she said when, you know, when you said, here's the metaphor of the century. So I can't believe this is a real quote. So here it is. So you know how you're at the bar and you ask the bartender to surprise you with a drink of their choice? They give you the drink and it's not horrible, not great, but it's good enough to keep drinking anyway. Well, that's how I feel about us hanging out. I'm not having a great time. But I'm not having a bad time either. So clearly this is a Ted Bundy quote that you're sharing from your date. I can't believe if someone said that to me, I think I would just, you know, slap my thighs, stand up and go, well, this was fun. <laughs> and we're walking at this point, too. Like we're walking towards my car. But thank God or whoever you believe in out there that she did not have to get in my car. She was actually meeting a friend uh, downtown where we were. Uh, so she didn't have to get in my car. And I was so thankful for that. Like, I'm literally like, after she made that comment, like, and I could see my car. First of all, this was the happiest I had ever been. This was the happiest I had ever been seeing my car. Like this was, I was so happy to see my car. And then she said that. And I'm like fist pumping in my, in my head. Like, I don't have to drive this girl anywhere. Like I get to never see her again after this, you know? I was happy as shit. Uh, <laughs> and, um, yeah, and it's funny because during her, I'm going to air quote apology, um, she, all she said was literally, I want to kind of apologize for what I said about your appearance. And then, like, after she said all these things, too, like, before we, before we even get to the uh, apology phone call, like, we get really close to my car, and she's like, don't take my word for any of this. I never know what I want. Sounds like a lot of red flags are being raised. Man, and there were red flags on the first date, and I should have listened to my gut and not gone on the second date. But I was just, you know, uh, this was early in me getting back out in the dating field. I'm like, maybe I'm misreading things. Maybe it was just all nerves, you know, whatever the case may be. So I decided to give her benefit of the doubt. I don't want to say I regret it because I definitely learned to go with your gut. But I definitely wish that I – no, that's not true. It's a funny-ass story, if nothing else, that I will that will live on forever. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's great. One thing I want to ask about you, you know, sharing the story, sharing the other posts you're doing, creating a podcast, obviously not about dating or this specific thing, but just in general, you know, is this stuff, the writing, the podcasting, is this stuff you're doing – you know, just as like a creative outlet for fun, or is this something that if it, if it worked out well, that you would like to do full time, like as a job? Yeah, um, it's a little bit of both. I would say that I started because that the blog started first. Um, I definitely started doing it as I mean, writing is therapeutic to me, and I don't know if you know this, but I've always liked writing. And I've always been pretty good at writing, uh, in my opinion. And also, you know, my grades in school would say, would agree with me on that. But, um, but I hadn't done it in years. Like I hadn't done any like of my own like creative writing for fun in years. Um, and I just decided that it would be a good outlet for me to express things that I'm feeling because I'm definitely better at expression through writing than I am verbally. Um, 
And uh, so I decided to start it for that reason. And then I also recently uh, came to the realization that, like, this is something that I would like to do forever. Like, I, my dream job right now would be working in uh, pop culture, media, slash marketing. So, like, writing, podcasting, uh, hosting the live purple carpet at Black Panther 2, like, stuff, stuff, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely what I, the direction I would like to go in. So it was a bit of both, and now it's definitely, like, me getting some practice for – some practice experience and building up a resume for, like, what I would like to do with the rest of my life. Real quick, after that point, I had it pulled up on my screen. I want to share one more quote from the date story. That could, you know, all these, if you're writing date stories like this, could be a good uh, tip to share as a, a, you know, big time writer. But at the same time, you'd have to share all horrible dates, which defeats the purpose of dating. But she texted you, let me get this straight, and said, you take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. After you were were trying to reason with her about, you know, kind of your feelings. Did that, is that a real thing that happened? Well, she didn't, she didn't text me that. Um, what happened was after, after her shitty apology, she then also asked me if I wanted to still be friends and hang out because she, she, uh, she apparently actually does enjoy hanging out with me for her words. Um, but she, I, you know, of course I told her fuck off in a nicer, much nicer way than I just did. Uh, but, um, after I ended the phone call, I had this thought because I'm an empath. I had this thought of why, or no, I had this thought of basically this could be a teaching moment for teachable moment for her because who knows like why she's acting like this. Somebody could have hurt her. You never know. Right. Like why she is this person, um, who thinks it's okay to treat people like shit. And so, I decided to follow up with her immediately after the phone call with a text message. And I just said, like, you know, it's not what you said. It was how you said it. I've never been treated that way. Blah, basically just some stuff like that. Like trying to tell her why it was disrespectful. And her only response back was, yeah, I have a hard time expressing myself. So that's why I was saying you can take a horse to water but you can't make it drink because <laughs> I clearly, she clearly everything I said in that text and everything that I said about the conversation and, and her approach with me um, went in one ear and out the other or straight up over her head. Who knows? But her problem, not mine. I tried to help. All right. Well, thank you for the clearing that up. It was so ridiculous. It caught my eye during your serious description about your life goals, but I will now move on from the date story and going back to what you were talking about, you know, having interest in pop culture, you know, you're doing a podcast talking about so many different topics. One thing I want to get your take on while you're on is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I know you are a big superhero fan. I believe you go to Thursday night midnight premieres. Is that true for Marvel movies? Not just Marvel movies, every single uh, most no, okay. I'm not gonna say most action movies. That's an exaggeration. But pretty much every superhero movie, so Marvel and DC, and also like the others that aren't Marvel or DC that exist as well. Um, and also just like 
your blockbuster franchises like Jurassic Park. Like, I can't wait till Friday to see a Jurassic World or Jurassic Park movie. What the hell? Like, that's, that, that's a foreign concept to me. <laughs> I want to get your thoughts on some Captain Marvel stuff in a minute, but I have two rapid-fire questions for you. Not very rapid, but, you know, shorter response ones, maybe just quick summary of it. So my first one is, and we're going to go off the Marvel Cinematic Universe here for these, starting with Iron Man. So phase one, what is the worst movie, in your opinion, in the three phases? Worst movie in the three phases so far. I would have to go with Iron Man 3, unfortunately. Really? Yes. Uh, They screwed up a dope villain. Like, the Mandarin is a really, really dope villain. So for them to give us Ben Kingsley who was actually playing a perfect Mandarin, and then for him to be an actor who's pretending to be the Mandarin, and then Aldridge Killian ends up being the Mandarin because his skin glows, and he can spit fire like a goddamn dragon. Like, I, that just was not, that wasn't a fun turn or fun treatment of the character. And I know, like, I'm not one of those uh, comic book fans that thinks the film has to be exactly like the comics, but, like, that, like, bait and switch was, like, so not just unexpected, but, like, it was not a good surprise. Like, I was in the theater confused and a little angry. <laughs> Granted, I still love that movie, but that would be the one that stands out as the worst one, in my opinion. Well, I like that answer because most answers you'll get The Incredible Hulk. So, but, I mean, The Hulk, I didn't think it I'm biased. I think all of them are decent, but, I mean, what are your thoughts on The Hulk, you know, usually being ranked the worst? Yeah. Um, that is very common. Like you said, that's usually the pick. And, um, I'm slightly biased towards the Hulk because he's like one of, he's one of my top three favorite superheroes of all time. And so there's that. But then also like, I think they did a lot of cool shit in that movie. I just think that, um, you know, it wasn't super well done. I'll admit that. And I think they had a lot of behind-the-scenes issues with Edward Norton. That's why he's not playing the character now. Um, and I totally get all of that. Um, and I think that all contributed to it. But I enjoyed that movie um, because the Hulk is a really dope character. And um, they could have treated some things differently. It could have been written a little bit better. Um, but I think it was a cool way to introduce the character of the Hulk. And I think we needed that film in the MCU in order to have a good uh, perception of the Hulk to understand like where the character comes from and like how, how he operates and like then to see his progression now from that Hulk who basically broke Harlem as he quoted uh, in the Avengers to now like, you know, being this celebrity on Sakaar and Thor Ragnarok and um, just the progression that that character has made has been, drastic and i think like we wouldn't have that perspective or been able to see that character development and growth if we didn't have that movie all right next question is not what is your favorite movie but out of the so take out the avengers movies non-avenger marvel marvel cinematic universe movie very specific question here what is in your opinion the best film maybe the best story or just the way it was made yeah um so I want to say Black Panther because there's so many complexities to that. But the reason that I put Infinity War above Black Panther is because of the fact that 
they, the Russos, the director of Infinity War and then also Endgame coming up as well, um, they were able to bring all of these characters together and, like, crossing, crossing streams and, like, and they did it, like, flawlessly. And then also they were able to do all that while also putting the focus on Thanos, which is just, like, it, it's nuts to think that, first of all, we've ha- we had 10 going on 11 years of these films and these characters exist um, in that universe all together and our things are happening simultaneously at the same time. Then to bring them all together and their interactions were so perfect, like, they didn't change – they didn't have to – change any of the characters in order for them to fit into the movie well and they were able to show us all these different settings that they've shown us uh, or hinted at um in previous films and i just think like it's probably that movie's a masterpiece in my opinion like it's a masterpiece on cinematography it's a masterpiece on acting um it's a masterpiece on sequels like i just i think it's a really really beautiful well done film not just like as a superhero film like and i love black panther and that movie that movie was done very very well as well and that's like a close second in my opinion but the complexities that went in, that had to go into infinity war and fit in like i would say it's safe to say there's not a lot of directors that could have done that that well two things i love infinity war it's one of my favorite movies um second so i'm bad at communicating and asking questions um, I guess my question there was if you took out the Avengers, um, like Avengers, Ultron, and Infinity War, but it's fine because we got to talk Infinity War, which I love. So would Black Panther be the one then? Yeah. Yeah, Black Panther would be the one um, if you take away the Avengers. And like I said, there's a lot of complexity to that movie. It's grounded. It's The themes in that movie are grounded in reality in a way that we don't see very often in films and um, in reference to... Um, the whole like African versus African American mindset and fatherhood and family and uh, strong women and it's just it's it's crazy um, how well done that film was and with that amazing cast as well. Yeah, the the cool thing for me is that the you know the cinematic universe has been going on for so long. Like you said, all these stories coming together, and then you. As you keep going on, Black Panther comes out. You're like, oh, this is amazing. I wonder if this could be topped. And then, like, a few months later, Infinity War comes out. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, it just, it's a rare thing where, you know, you're in the same kind of topic of superheroes, but the films keep getting better and better. It's like, and you think they can't be topped, and yet they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really, really cool. And I think one of the things that Marvel does really well is casting and um, hiring directors. I think those are two of the things that can make a huge difference in your film. Like, I don't believe in casting someone just because they have a name. I think they should be a right fit for the film, for the studio, um, and everything in between. And I think they do a really good job of those two things and, like, getting various directors on various films and having different tones for each film. Like, Thanos was, or um, Infinity War was, like, this ultra-dark movie. Like, it's the darkest movie in the mcu and yet like they also had the comedy from guardians in there and um they also had the like hopeful things coming from captain america and tony's uh narcissism was still in there like it just it was really 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 uh, it's that movie's nuts like (laughs) i could go on and on but that movie the complexities and the amount of things that they were able to squeeze into that two and a half hours is crazy yeah i could go on for days on that too but my final topic is on 
for you is on Captain Marvel. We'll start with the bummer of <laughs> my first part, one with a fun thing. So the bummer question I have is, you know, Captain Marvel comes out and there's these weirdo trolls online or maybe some are in person where they're, you know, trying to drive down the review scores and just kind of the hype and excitement for Captain Marvel. I know some people are trolling just to be weird and annoying, but there's some people who really have like issues with, you know, there being a female superhero, even though she's part of the Marvel universe, which I mean, it's not like she was just made up for this movie. What are your like thoughts on when, you know, these weirdo people have these reactions? Do you think it's just something we should ignore or, or how do you see all this? Um, I wouldn't say ignore it because that's not the kind of thing that makes these people go away. Uh, <laughs> and um, so just to give like some additional context to what you already gave, like he, what people took issue with is they took a comment that Brie Larson made and put a spin on it to make it sound like she hates white men. She doesn't want white men. She doesn't want white men to see her movie um, is what they decided to spin. They changed the rhetoric completely with what she said. All she said was a couple of things. She said one, like she said almost like word for word that she would like to see more non-white men at press junkets for her films. Um, and then of course, like because the movie is, has this strong theme of, uh, female empowerment. I should say woman empowerment. I don't like using the word female. So it has this strong theme of woman empowerment. And um, so those two things is what people made, made people freak out. And it's funny because that was happening before the film even came out. Like people got onto Rotten Tomatoes and gave it a bad score like uh, as quickly as it, as it became available on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Like people were shitting on it before they had even seen it all because of those comments and they decided to take the rhetoric and uh, act like it was supposed to be offensive to them. But all she was doing was she wasn't asking to take seats away from white men who are at the table because in all reality, the media, just like most other industries are primarily white men. Um, she's just asking for additional seats to be added to the table for women and people of color. And that's okay. Diversity is a part of our country. It's a part of our world. It's one of the, one of the strengths that we have. And um, the fact that people get so defensive when people ask for a seat at the table who don't have that representation otherwise is absurd to me, but um, that's how white supremacy works. And um, But anyways, as far as how we should treat that, I think, like, you have to call people out and have conversations and dialogue about these type of things. Like, I think, you know, like, an example is what we're doing and having this conversation right now. I think um, we have to talk about these things, educate each other, um, and try to see, have, have more empathy. Like one of the things I like to say is that the world would be a better, one of the, one of the things that would make the world a better place is more empathy. Um, and we need to be more intentional about trying to have more empathy for one another and, um, and also to like support one another. Like if you know this is wrong and your friend is making, making these comments, like stand up against, like stand, like speak up against, against what they're saying, like oppose them, challenge them. Because a lot of the reasons people have these perspectives and feel like they can spew this hateful bullshit is what it really is, is um, because they haven't been challenged. No one's questioned them. Everyone around them agrees with them. Um, and no one has really fought them on it. So, um, so yeah, I would say, like, have conversations and, um, you know, try to have more empathy and 
understanding and understand that diversity and inclusion is a strength, not a weakness, and it is not about taking away from someone in order to give to someone else. It's about adding them to the equation. And the crazy thing for me, too, is, you know, you're talking about diversity, obviously, being a part of, like, the world and our culture. It's also part of, like, the comic, you know, just the comic universes, too, comic book universes. So it's not like they're just, like, saying, oh, we have to add, you know, people who aren't just, you know, white guys. It's like, no, they exist in the comics. It's not like this is new. And I feel like sometimes it's fake outrage, but, like, you said sometimes there's other people who are really just hateful. And, you know, maybe we're waiting years like, oh, when they make a movie with a female lead, I'm going to freak out about it. Like, OK, like, I'm, I don't know. Funny is there wouldn't there wouldn't have even been very much of that if she wasn't using her platform to support to be an ally to other people, basically, um, and support the causes that she believes in. Because Gal Gadot did not do any of that. And Wonder Woman didn't get any of this slack. There was some, there was some chatter about it, but it, it wasn't nearly as big of a story or big of a deal as Captain Marvel uh, was slash is. And Wonder Woman very clearly had shared that theme of uh, women empowerment. So it's just very interesting that uh, just because she decides to stand up for stand up for people who are not in the majority, um, that people decide to attack her and the film and. It's also not surprising that this, these are the kinds of things that have been happening in this country since its inception. <laughs> yeah. And I want to end on a lighter topic. I have not seen Captain Marvel yet. Obviously, you have. You were there front in line, ready to go. Can you give a one-minute spoiler-free review of the movie? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, man. Um I think it was really, really, really good. I think that um, it was a cool addition to the MCU because it kind of takes place in the timeline-wise, chronologically, it takes place in the middle of um, everything that happens in the MCU. Like, it's literally in between Captain America, the first Avenger, and um, basically almost every other film. Um, And it was really good. Uh, Brie Larson gave, gave us a strong, smart, wise and uh fun character in captain marvel aka carol danvers um and then i would also say uh lashana lynch i I believe that's how you pronounce her name uh plays her best friend who is maria rambo she gives a standout performance and she like basically becomes more than a more than a side chick in that film i don't i again i don't want to talk about more than that but um, she gives a great performance and the whole cast is really good. Of course. I mean, like I could talk for days about how well Samuel Jackson plays Nick Fury. Um, but I think what was cool about that is that he played a younger version of the character really, really well. Like you could tell he wasn't the same character, um, that we see in the Marvel films now. Like we're going to see him again in, uh, Spider-Man far from home. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. The film was fun. The soundtrack was good. Fight scenes and action was great. Uh, storyline and plot was done really well. It was well written, well written movie, um, and I thoroughly enjoyed. What, in my opinion, what made the movie great was that um, it's introducing this first female lead character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's doing it in a way that is has this theme that I've mentioned a couple times now of 
women empowerment. And I think that's what makes it great. I think that's what makes it relatable to uh, women and girls. And I think that there is going to be a generation of little girls who want to go up and be fighter pilots. And uh, I'm excited to see the impact that it has. Um, and I hope, honestly, I really do hope that, that this film has just as much impact as Black Panther has had on uh, the general public. I could go hours on this, but that will have to do it for this episode of Stephen Interviews Cool People because at the time of recording, the Bachelor finale starts in 16 minutes. And if I'm not there at my girlfriend's place, she will actually kill me. So I have one more thing. So this past weekend, I was watching Mission Impossible 6, Mission Impossible Fallout is what it's called. And uh, I was drinking some Crown Royal Apple and Cranberries, cranberry juice, I should say. And uh, I actually came up with an idea for another podcast that I just started recording. So uh, that show is called Whiskey and What I Need. Or no, I'm sorry, Whiskey and What I Miss. So basically what I'm going to do is like, I'm going to watch movies and like, as I'm, it's going to be a film that I've already seen and I'm rewatching it and like, I'm appreciating things that I didn't see before or whatever the case may be. Um, and so I'm going to record myself with just talking about those particular aspects of the film. So I recorded the first two episodes, which was like an introduction. And then also like me talking about mission impossible specifically. And, uh, I posted those, uh, on anchor and on, uh, another website called podcast.co and I've submitted them to iTunes and Spotify. So they will be available soon on those outlets. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of touch on that. And even just to tell you that, cause I think that's something that you would, that you would find, uh, interesting and, um, I am definitely planning to get other people involved, so hopefully we can cross paths in that that arena as well. I like the idea. I'm I'm already interested. You just pitched it, but real quick too, do you want to, um, as we end here, pitch where everyone can find you and you know your other projects as well? Yeah. Uh, so you can find my blog that Stephen and I have talked about. That is heartsleevedlb.com, um, and then you can also find me on all the social medias at heart sleeves lb um other project that's all i got right now uh my blog and uh the two podcasts that i'm working on and i'm getting i'm really excited to record the first couple episodes of message from ernestine um we are planning to record either this week or the week after that so that will also be available on all of the podcast apps um in the coming weeks and as soon as possible, because I'm really anxious. That's also what sparked the other podcast idea. As honestly, I've just been sitting around like really anxious to get started on recording, but it just hasn't worked out for me and my mom yet. So, um, but we're getting there. We're almost there, and um, yeah, I'm really excited to see where these things go. As for me, this is Stephen interviews cool people. You could find the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. And SoundCloud. I always forget one. Um, I'm slowly uploading the episodes to YouTube as well, just because I'll be having a YouTube channel soon, which will have some fun video content, which I will talk about once it's up. Be sure to subscribe, review, do all that fun stuff. And LB, once again, thank you very much for joining me. I thought this was very fun. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity, man. I think it's super cute. Time to talk to anybody